Hi, sweetie god. pie. Good morning. Hi, How are you? How'd I'm you sleep? I'm so good. I I slept. Oh my god. Actually, I slept really good. You know why? Why? Because I finally got my mattress off the floor. Oh, that's important. Spirit just moved feeling. into a new place. I just moved into a we new place. We both did. We did. It's been a great. Uh, so much change happening this year. Um, so many amazing things. But yeah, so we put a bunch of furniture together. We got more furniture coming. It never ends. But. I'm starting to make a house a home and it makes me so happy. Nothing's better, dude, than the ambiance of your own personal space. Yeah, that you've created. So I'm really excited about that. How are you doing? How's your husband? Oh, he's very good. We're doing well. You know, we had a very busy week. Um, I'm really looking forward to like just spending a little bit more time with him because he's been so busy. We both have. Um, yeah, but Broadway, yeah, Broadway will do that to you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's killing. He's been going on a lot for Simba. So that's exciting and lanking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to you've had some this great, year. You've had some great things going on this week too. Yeah. A bunch of callbacks, you it's know, I've been auditioning my little tush off, which is always feels good. Tis the season, ladies um, and gentlemen. Yeah. Just staying grateful. We just got approved to adopt a puppy off Ugh. of a muddy Paws. Amazing. I might Shout have out mentioned to it paws. last week. I can't remember. Like it was it's in okay. the last two weeks. Shout out to Muddy Paws. Yeah, so I'm gonna we're gonna interview with them as well. Dogs. We definitely believe in adopt and uh, rescuing dogs rather than shopping. But you know, it's uh, these puppies need life, and they're just full yes, of love. Yes, they're so sweet. I That's actually, so funny. We're talking about puppies because Nat played a puppy. Nat which played hear a about. puppy. Nat played a puppy <laughs> in, in fourth grade in a rousing play version of the titular. Uh, coming of age story, babe. Oh, love it! I, yeah. If I could just see a video clip of that, I, know, I wish oh we could. God. I wish we could include that. But he still I mean, knows <laughs> his lines, guys. So you can hear about that yes. in the episode too. Yes. He he gave us some very. Really great line readings. So that's a nice segue. Our guest is Nat Zagree. ladies and gentlemen. Y'all may not know him, but you know him. He's unbelievably talented. Absolutely. This guy. He's an accomplished pianist, singer, actor, and composer. So he really does it all. Uh, he It's crazy. He began classically training as a pianist at three years old. He's performed one-man shows, concerts all over the country. He's been nominated for two Broadway World Awards for his performances, Jerry Lee Lewis and Million Dollar Quartet, and recently released his debut original album, Fly More Than You Fall, which we talk a little yeah. bit about. Just keep your head up, keep on walking tall. Open up your mind and you might find that you can fly more than you fall. Um, we were lucky enough to actually have him musically direct and play the piano on a music video we produced with Mighty Lucky Studios. And like all guests here at the table, he leads with kindness and humility. And that's why we were really, really super stoked to have him. Yeah. And his story is awesome. He's been playing music since he was three years old, this yeah. guy. And what's funny is we said that and he was like, I actually was playing it sooner, but I thought I'd be a real jerk if I told people <laughs> I was playing it four months old or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, he's an amazing talent. His whole family is unbelievably talented. He came from yeah, a music a family. family. He is a family man. Uh, he, he's just got amazing energy. He really does. So the episode was amazing. We've learned so much. Uh, and, you know, these are the kind of people that that we love to celebrate, the people who are kind and patient and are finding success in their own journey. And it's just, uh, he's so, so amazing. And I love I, talking to and him. And I love having different guests every week. Yeah. Like, it's just like we're, it's fun because like last week we had a casting director and a filmmaker. Now we have a composer yeah. who also plays, who's also Ooh, an wonder, actor, who's a singer. I wonder who will be next. I know. It's so <laughs> exciting. Uh, yeah, we're Your trying guess to give, is as good as mine. Yeah, we're trying to give you the, <laughs> kind people from all different facets. Um, and I think 
we're doing a pretty damn good job. Speaking of kind people, we like to uh, always start the episode on a right note, and we like to talk about some random facts of kindness. Random facts of kindness. So I liked this one because NPR came out with this with a study last week about parrots. Parrots. Yeah. That's not a parrot. That's a chicken. Whatever. Cool. I like that little noise. Okay. And I thought it was really sweet. Supposedly, parrots as well can practice kindness, Firo. Tell me about it, So Magus. African gray parrots voluntarily helped their partners get a food reward by giving the other bird a valuable metal token that could be exchanged for a walnut. And this was all according to a new published report in the journal Current Biology. So basically, they used parrots that had previously been trained to understand that specific tokens in the form of small metal rings could be traded for a food treat through an exchange window. Okay. And there was a quote. It said, the African greys gave the token beak to beak to each other. It was not just one token. Many of them transferred all 10 tokens one after another, always watching how their partner got the food for it, whereas they themselves did not get anything. Oh, my goodness. So we just all need to be as kind as a parrot, ladies and gentlemen. Damn, Maggie. <laughs> I mean, I feel like our podcast is giving people little tokens, you know, yeah. in exchange for little soul, some soul food. So I feel like we are, we are too like parrots, Maggie, and we are just giving the gift of kindness to people all over the world. Um, there are spirit animals. They are. And what's funny, I mean, I say all over the world, but we literally have listeners all over the world. We have some people in Australia and New Zealand and Asia. Hello, and, mate. And all over. Um, all over down under. That's not. It's not. It's, it's not, not it. <laughs> no, I'm working on my dialects. Um, but yeah, this episode's amazing. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, please feel free to check out everything else we have going on. Uh, Theater School Dropouts is on Amazon Prime. Uh, we have, you know, check out past episodes of the podcast. And also um, check out our Instagram. I feel like we've got some good uh, material out there lately. If you're not following us already, it's at Nico Frank Productions. And that's N-I-K-O-F-R-A-N-K Productions. And I just want to say, because I don't know, I mean, we may have talked about it, but if y'all are new to who we are, I'm Spiro Marcos. I am the co-executive producer. Um, I'm here with Maggie Stiggers. She is also the co-executive producer. Um, and I just wanted to say, Nico Frank Productions, the name came from the uh, the year we created this production company. We both had our first nephews, and, and the experience of being an uncle and an aunt for the first time was overwhelming. And we were trying to come up with a name for our production company. Spiro Maggie Productions just sounded silly. Yeah, and but once we said Nico Frank, which is the names of our first nephews, we were like, oh my God, not only does this represent the joy that we found this year and creating, uh, it also is the idea of like leaving something for our for our next generation. And, and that means yeah. something to us. And also just to like put it out there, we have a pretty big month of screenings yes. um, happening. So um, our short film that we produced, My First Start is going to be screening February 8th at the um, New York Indie Theater Film Festival at the New Ohio Theater on Christopher Street. So it will have screened when you hear this, but it's going to be a great success there. Oh, at the, yeah. Look at that. We'll See how we did. Too. We also were one of the winners of the New York Women in Film and Television Festival for my first start. Um, Which so is that, awesome. we're going to talk more about that later on, but that was very, very, very exciting. And also, our 
little short comedic sketch, Relenta, got into the New York City International Film Festival. So, so we are killing yeah. that game right now. Yeah, that'll be screening in March. So check us out. Um, be sure to follow and enjoy our episode with Nat Segree here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. It's the cool kids' table. They were never the cool kids, so they just bought a table. Now it's the cool kids' table, yeah. Looks like a coaster's only table to me. Protection, baby. I was gonna do like a, a no pants Wednesday thing. Oh, you should have, because that's the great thing about podcasts. You should have. And on that <laughs> note, ladies and gentlemen, we have Nats agree here at the Cool Kids Table with pants on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I was gonna say no one will ever know, but now but we've told them, pants. so they do know. <laughs> now they know. Unfortunately, welcome. Thank you so much Thanks for being, for being here. here. We're getting Thank right. You. We're getting right into it. Like Amazing. here we go. You're here. You made it to Brooklyn. Do you yes. feel Brooklyn right now? I love. In fact, I've probably been in Brooklyn, like. More times in the past week than I wow. have in maybe a year and a half. I That's feel like amazing. you are very hipster. I feel like you I, could live in Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong. I love Brooklyn and I have lived in Brooklyn. Oh, actually. Okay. When I first moved to New York, I lived in Brooklyn for like the first two places mm. that I lived in were here in Brooklyn and I love it. But I just, once I moved to Manhattan, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> increasingly like- or rather decreasingly, Visit right. What, do you, what were you doing this week in Brooklyn? Why have you been here so much? Uh, I had to have a rehearsal for a gig that I'm playing on in a little bit here in Brooklyn, and nice. then my writing partner works out here in Brooklyn, nice. so sometimes I'll come out oh, here amazing. and and see him and, That's and awesome. all of that. But I love but that. it's just been random happenstance stuff. And I love then that. and then I went and saw a show in Brooklyn like ah, last week as well. Fourth time is the charm. It really was. This is this is the no no no. This is the third time. Oh, it is perfect. Thank God. It's because it's, I hate, it is I a like true charm. It is a true charm. I mean, it's a charm having you. We are going to we're going to start at the beginning now. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go right to the start. Um, so just tell us a little bit about uh, where you were born. You grew up well, in Kalamazoo, born, Michigan. Yeah, correct? Did. I don't know if you know this. Did we ever talk about this? That I went to that very famous barn theater in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So did I did not. A, I did a summer stock there. I didn't That's know that. That's how I got my EMC card. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Twenty one points. And yes. Craziness no. later. <laughs> Scrubbing toilets. The later. Barn Theater. Is, <laughs> have you worked I, there? It's, I've not ever oh, worked it is there. Famous uh, but it is legendary. For, if you haven't had the chance. It's legendary for I'm not sure if it's good reputation. I mean, it has a good reputation it, it and kind of like It a, has a very homegrown reputation. Yeah, every yeah. place think, has their moments, you know. You know it's like lots the, of the Barn Theater. Went there. Absolutely. Well, famously, that's where Marin Maisie did a lot of her work because oh. she was when she was Rest there. Rest in peace, Marin. Yes, of course. Yes. And uh, a lot of Western Michigan University students, of course, get to work out there and everything. Yeah, yeah. My sister actually music directed a couple shows out there for a couple summers. For those that don't know, it's like you know, it's one of those summer stock experiences. (laughs) You get there in the beginning of the summer, and by the time you leave, you've done seven shows, like seven bar shows. You've also been uh, cleaning Cleaning staff. (laughs) Maggie, just to remind uh, our (laughs) listeners, can you please just tell us the the amazing shows you got to perform at the bar? No, it doesn't matter. It matters to me. Come on. 
on, Maggie. Goodness. So you did what? Was it cats, I believe? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, I didn't do cats there. Oh, okay. That was three other beautiful regional okay, experiences. Well, what did you do? Honestly, at the Barn know. Theater, I feel like they could have a production of cats yeah. starring actual cats. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> that have just it, wandered yeah. onto the property. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Um, but well, anyway, you were born in Kalamazoo. I was born Maggie's, in Kalamazoo. Maggie's trying to change the subject. So talk about Kalamazoo. Let's born and raised, baby. What was that like? I mean, did you like Michigan? Were you thrilled with it? Are your parents still there? Talk to me. Thrilled is a generous word. Okay. <laughs> I definitely love Michigan. There's, you know, it's it is my home state, and Kalamazoo being my hometown, I have a lot of pride for my hometown. Right. I, yeah. I try to go back and and do whatever I can for my hometown in whatever small capacity Amen. I am able to. But no, growing up, you don't you don't ever really realize that you're growing up in, you know, a kind of small-ish Michigan town right. until you get to the age in which you're like, oh, you know what? I kind of would like to leave here right. yeah. and not come back for a, a nice long while. You right. know what I mean? Which I think a lot of people in the Midwest can probably relate to. It's that moment of like, yep, you know what? I would like to see a building that is taller than three stories. Right, right. exactly. And that was exciting for me. But like growing up in Kalamazoo, it was it was amazing. I technically I grew up in Portage, okay. Michigan. Okay. Which uh, for all the Michigan people listening, can you're you welcome. show us on your hand? Even I though people can't see can. it, I, I just I know can. that's what Michigan people I'm do. Hol- I'm holding up the Michigan mitten right now, yep. and we're right in the southwest corner. Lower okay, so that's kind of that's kind of like where I was. I just did a show in Saugatuck. Oh, totally, which dude. is like kind of Saugatuck. Yeah, Saugatuck's a little bit north. It's yeah, yeah. beautiful. It is beautiful nice. summers, it, right? Yeah. Everywhere in Michigan. Well, I think probably the best thing about Michigan is the beauty of its natural nature. It's natural nature. You got it. Yeah, you got it. You pure Michigan. You can do some really good tubing. There. Oh, you certainly can. <laughs> Water skiing. You certainly Seriously. can. No, well, because not not only in like the. I love that. That's Why like is that the, so funny. Well, that's I love that. That's like statement. the first of all the things. The first yeah. that you think of, like, like the all the things to do well, in I nature. Think about like, lakes. Gotcha. I wish I wish it had been a little more serious. Like so, like. How was the tubing life? Yeah, obviously, I had a blast. No, because I did. I, I, well, my god, do you tube? I do, yeah. Everyone tubes. Everyone it's tubes. my side gig, actually. I'm Yo, a I was so tuber. tubed when I was in Michigan. It was, it was, it was wild. I like tubular, when you get on a tube was. and you're with like three people on one tube. I love you know, those and big like, if you're the one that can hold on to the very tube. end. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It's great. Yeah. That's so funny. So tubing. <laughs> Tubing Highlight. was great. No, well, the lake life is amazing in Michigan. So were you on, did you spend a lot of time in the lake? Or were yeah, you... absolutely. We didn't live on a lake. A lot of people can live on lakes in, right. in yeah. southwest Michigan, but we didn't live on a lake. We always had like forests behind us or something right. like That's that. That's awesome. Though. I love but that. But my God family uh, has a farm property in Michigan. Nice. It's not quite in Kalamazoo, about 20 minutes out, but they, they are this wonderful vegan uh, save the world animal rights activist oh, family nice. who just had this wonderful have this wonderful amazing property out there and all kinds of animals like true farm life except they don't use any of the animals for anything other than joy and oh pets God, love and that. love That's and everything so but they were also huge water sports family so they had oh, this, so they too they, they had this man <laughs> Lake, <laughs> where tubing was, yeah. if you can believe it, probably the third most important wow. thing to do. They would be water skiing, wow. wakeboarding, and only and then tubing. could you could, tube, could you <laughs> appreciate the art. We're never gonna let you live this one down, I don't understand what's so funny about it. I'm dead serious. Great, you're, I you're, know you are. That's what's so funny about it. It, it, is, it is so good. Okay, Matt, <laughs> what did your um, what did your parents do? My parents are both musicians. Okay, oh, wow. okay. yeah, yeah. We did, our bit. whole family is just chock full of them, and my my mother, who still is alive today and living in Savannah, Georgia now, Amazing. she moved away from Michigan a couple years back with her husband Don. Uh, but she was shout a out to Don. She, yeah. Shout out to Don. What's up, Don? <laughs> and mom Kelly. 
Mama. Hello. Mama. And Mama. Uh, she was a music education teacher oh, wow. from like kindergarten through eighth grade. I love that. For years and decades, really. And she taught at the school, the private school that I went to growing up from kindergarten, well, before that, because I was like born at that school, essentially. Right. But then kindergarten through eighth grade, I went to that school, just a small little private school in Kalamazoo. Shout out to the Gaggy School. Yeah, Gaggies. Yes. And uh, she was the music teacher there. That's amazing. And a wonderful pianist, an amazing singer. Her voice is just angelic I it really that. is Aww. and then on uh the other side of the family my dad was a college educator for the majority of his life as well as being a world-renowned i speak objectively truly world-renowned uh, a music adjudicator arranger and uh where did he teach he taught mostly taught. at western michigan university awesome yes cool. and then he went down to indiana university for the last couple of years of his life oh. and then he died about uh five years ago i'm so sorry Nick. ah you know what happens pancreatic cancer yeah oh, but you know what as an educator he probably changed a lot of lives of oh, where he went which oh, is many lives. which is really amazing and music is something that for some reason like my music teachers are, are teachers that i just will never forget because they opened something up in you that's just Pretty unbelievable. Absolutely. Was that your experience as well? Like, did music just kind of shine a light for you? Or you what? know what's kind of crazy is I I don't think I ever really knew any other light. Interesting. It, it wasn't. I don't think I really had too many moments of like, oh oh, music. Right. This is what music is because it was literally instilled within yeah. us. Right. My I have come since from a really we musical family as well. A lot mm -hmm. of my. Um, relatives are in major symphony orchestras and stuff but for me I like never gravitated to an instrument like I tried so hard and like my it was so important to my family sure. and I just couldn't do it like I tried piano I tried flute for a while yeah. and my heart was just like no yeah. <laughs> like I was reading you you played piano since you've been three years old and you're one of the I mean now we've had two of the best pianists I've ever heard yeah, you literally. and me had Jasper Grant on the podcast oh, I don't know if you know yeah, him amazing. Um, but so you started at three years old how do you even start at three yeah and honestly we were we, i mean we started before that that's just it, that seems ridiculous to put on a bio right. be like started his degree has been zero. playing piano since 0.4 years yeah. old <laughs> like please shut up <laughs> please i almost swore should i not swear no, no you no. please I swear, swear. Okay. please yeah. swear <laughs> we sorry mom if it we, slips out we, we prefer it <laughs> uh but no like literally from the moment we were born my dad had our fingers like on the piano keys like wow. he would be he would just be instilling music appreciation of all kinds of different genres and styles ever since we were born so i i didn't really know anything else like my earliest memories are musically based my earliest that. memories are listening to my dad play my earliest memories are are ingesting music from movies that i've seen you know right. like literally disney was a huge, right. huge defining thing in my life because I would watch Disney movies. And, and my favorite part, yeah, I would go yeah. to the piano and, and all, already be singing it and everything. Wow. My parents always love to tell this story, though, that I actually sang before I ever played piano. Oh, my God, amazing. And before I ever spoke my first word. Apparently, there's this, I I mean, I was there, I guess, but I can't, I can't, can't actually remember. confirm if this yeah. was true. But my father was not one to lie, and he, he was very proud of this story. Apparently, there was one time where he was getting out of the shower, and I was sitting in front of the TV, and Barney was on. And I was, like, truly not even a year old, had not even uttered out Dada or Mama or anything right. like that. And he heard me trying to match <laughs> pitch? grunt the theme to Barney, try, oh my God. like, trying to sing... 
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like along with that's the thing, and, 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 that's so cute. and that's when he always said he was like, "That's when I knew. That's, wow, when, that's, that's when I knew." I, my question is: so, like, when I was young, and I, you know, I took piano lessons at a young age. It's hard to like keep focused and and appreciate it. But when you were young, did you feel like it was forced upon you, or you had no problem like really enjoying piano? Or what was that experience like for you? I, I don't think I really noticed until I was at a cognitive age to think about the other options that right. I could be doing because when you're three years old and your entire life consists of what your parents tell you to right. do totally. and where they take you <laughs> you yeah. know you're oblivious to anything else so right. when I started taking music lessons when I was three wow. like that was that was just what I did. I would right. wake up and be like, all right, and my life is to go to this weird thing called school, and then afterwards we'll go to this weird thing where I play the piano, and I come home and wow. eat dinner, and right. and that's my life. So it was just, <laughs> it was just part of your life. You never saw it as, exactly. as work. You just knew you had to do it. Exactly. If anything, it was, it was kind of this weird inverse for what I feel a lot of uh, people who play instruments or play sports growing up, because I feel like a lot of people will do physical activities like sports mm -hmm. and then discover an instrument and find that passion and be like oh I want to do that right. but for me I was already playing the piano and everything and then I was like oh I, I can play basketball I can play soccer and like and yeah. I, then I started to play sports and and would find that to be my distraction right like yeah. I, I knew that I would have to come home and play and practice an hour of piano but after that, then I'd say, hey, dad, can we go out and play catch? You know what I mean? Nice. Like right. that would be the the incentive. Interesting. It was kind of a weird inverse situation. I yeah. love that though. That's pretty amazing. And they instill yeah. that, your family, it sounds like instilled that um, thought that like, you know, practice makes perfect. That's like every musician like They're, in my family is like, practice makes perfect. It's so practice, true. Practice, practice, practice. My, practice, uh, practice. my aunt is a violinist in the Atlanta Symphony. And even when she comes for vacation, she always brings her, her oh, violin. Yeah. Always. And oh, practices yeah. hours a day. And I'm mm -hmm. like... Dang, like you, you've already got the job. It's yeah. crazy. It, it, and that's the thing is you, you need to practice because yeah. if you're not up on your game, I mean, ask literally anyone in any profession. Yeah. You ask yeah. LeBron yeah. how much he's practicing outside of the games. Right. Right. You know, yeah. someone else is going to take that starting position. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's and just about. I was reading that like within your family, it was kind of fun because you had like a little competitive nature because you guys were all musicians <laughs> and like your sister would be playing and you'd be like, well, you can play that, but I can play it backwards. Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing is like we all kind of, uh, there's four people in my family. There's my, my dad, my mother my sister and I, my immediate family. Right. Anyway, my sister is about 18 months older than I am. And we're very different people, uh, but we we have extremely similar qualities about to us when it comes to our musicality, but we also have very different talents right. when it comes to that as well. And it's weird because I maybe at one point in my life in high school, I would have been, you know, comparing and well, right. who's, which yeah. one's better and which one, but it, that does not matter. I've, right. I've it grown to like learn fun. that. It was yeah. fun. It, it definitely was fun for me who was the outgoing, egregious, gregarious mm -hmm. personality right. that was like, well, look what I can do. I was, <laughs> I was a little shit back then i <laughs> right. really was, was yeah, but well, my sister we all? of course who is like the most kind respectful never a toe out of line just doing what she's supposed to do and doing it well and right. perfectly like it was a very interesting sort of uh dynamic. complex dynamic that's right because she she could play me classically under the table well, uh, maybe, maybe a couple things. She, like, <laughs> you put a, you put a, you put a, oh, show, you put a Chopin. Let me put it this way: you put a Chopin Nocturne in front of my sister. She will play me under the table. Same. Any day. Same. Any day. 
you ask one of us to play the theme to Star Wars, right? I'm pretty sure I can bust that out a little bit well, more than her. Actually, but but those like, are totally different things. That's a really interesting thing because I think one of the things that makes you such a unique pianist is and musician is like it seems to me, and we've only worked on one project together, mm -hmm. but it seems to me from watching all your videos and reading about you so much too, and being in the room with you and witnessing how it happens, you have the ability to not only like read music perfectly and like do whatever it is you're supposed to do but your your ear also you add an extra element to it so it almost seems like you could play anything yeah one would one would hope yes i can that's uh <laughs> that's a fact maggie i, I can literally play if anything. anyone asks anything. you can play anything it, like everything well, no, because a lot of musicians they'll be like you know i really prefer like this yeah, sure. to rock and roll yeah. I don't really and it get sounds blues. like you really just do it all and that's kind of, yeah i kind of discovered that when i was in my early teens even before that when i was 11 or 12 I remember realizing that on top of my sight reading skills, of course, and reading music, which was something that we did and grew up learning how to do, I had a, a knack for playing by ear. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with my my further musicality outside of just the piano and and has much to do with my singing mm -hmm. abilities as well, which yeah. we, of course, I think definitely got from our mother. My yeah. My dad and I mean this objectively was was the greatest musician I've ever seen wow. in my life. Wow. He was he was incredible. What did he play piano as well? He played piano, yeah. But he couldn't sing for shit. Oh, my dad. <laughs> like he right. could not, My dad is horrible. He could he not match it. No, it was absolutely so I mean it was mind-blowing that this Cuz usually the good man, piano players have good ear. Whether oh, absolutely. maybe it's not the best tone, but they can still like they still know where they're going, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, but he I mean it was it was so funny. It was it was truly comedic. Interesting. <laughs> like to listen to him try and sing and and I we always made fun of him for it because you right. have to make fun of someone right. who is so unbelievably good at of course. everything, yeah, everything else. else. That's so funny. And what, uh, how did you, so you played piano, but how did you find, how did you far, start finding theater? Like, how did you start um, mm. incorporating the singing with the playing? And, and did that come early? Did it come after high school? You know, it, it definitely came early, but I, 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 get, I suppose I was always a very energetic child. And that's what it came down to. I think my parents were looking for, for like an outlet. any any outlet to possibly tire me out because I I'm sure they couldn't handle it anymore. Right. I'm sure. Yeah, you had yeah, a lot of energy. And so I played sports quite a bit. I loved playing sports. Basketball and soccer and baseball were my three sports growing up, and I loved that. But my I didn't actually ever perform in a theatrical production until. I was in fourth grade. Wow. <laughs> and I, so I, I, late I in life. Right. I thought you were going to say like college. Yeah. Right. Oh. No, but, but before grade. that, I think what really I just found is that I liked to be the center of attention. Hmm. You know, I like to be in the spotlight and it didn't matter. I didn't need to be on a stage, right. even though we did use the fireplace, of course, right. as a stage. As growing you do. up. As growing as up. You do. Me and my I did sister. too. Yeah. But we, uh, I, 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 let's see, my first production ever, because I was like singing you know different things here and there yeah, yeah. and like making appearances and my dad's shows or whatever but like I, I never really got to play a role right until i was in fourth grade and the community theater the civic uh civic auditorium kalamazoo did a production of babe ah the movie the wow. pig movie what? but yeah, on stage as okay. like a straight play okay which i were you the pig no god no <laughs> <laughs> no i was I was literally were, I would have asked her the pictures. least important person in the entire show. There were five, like there, there's you know, Babe and all the characters, and then there's like Kid Number One, mm -hmm, Kid Number yeah. Two, Aww. and puppies. 
Oh. And there were five puppies. You were puppy too. I was puppy, puppy number five. Oh. five. Oh, literally last on the call sheet. Uh, truly, 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 it could have been four puppies, and they were like, I don't know, just the give this kid puppy so number five. Cute. Like puppies he's, are cute. He, he wants to be in the show so bad. <laughs> like brought a pity puppy. It's That's so what funny. I no, but I, I was puppy number five, and I had one line, and I stood up, and when we met Babe, I stood up and looked at the audience and said, "What is it?" Oh, great. Still wow. Off and that was it. Books. Oh, absolutely. That's amazing. Any notes? <laughs> That's amazing. I'm still like working on it. I feel like it could have been it. a little bit more, like, I feel like you know, I'm, more of a question. I, but, like, I, w- I would have been that ass that's, like... So I'm trying to find like a nice dog dialect here, right. and uh, I just yeah. you know. when well, it's like so not important. I, I re- in fact I remember I have this weird memory where like they were doing notes after a rehearsal, and I during the show or doing that rehearsal had had messed up or like moved early or something, mm-hmm. and I remember feeling so self conscious about it because I was raised to be such a perfectionist, yeah, right, which was a lot of what came from my dad and and our piano Musicians, playing, yeah, and so then I. I <clears throat> you know, kind of ingested that with everything that I did. And I remember I made this one tiny mistake and he was giving notes and I saw him look at me Oh damn! and I was like, Oh, he's going to give me the note. And so I raised my hand and I said, yeah, I totally know, Ben. I totally know. I moved early and I did that thing. I'm in fourth grade. And was like, and, and I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. And he was like, Oh, I didn't have any notes for you, Nat. I was just I'm like, thank you so much. I was, and I was like, Oh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. So sorry. <laughs> But I remember truly, like, because if I was at a piano lesson... Are you still that way? Do you still, like... No, definitely okay, not. I mean, if I... Yeah, I'll own up to something if I make yeah, a mistake yeah. and, like, yeah, a gig yeah. or something, definitely. But, but you get no, anxious I'm, I'm not, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting right. for my director to be like, I know I'm going to get this note. Right. And I'm right. just so yeah. sorry. No, like, come on. <laughs> well, I think that also comes with confidence. Confidence in, like, what you do. Cause definitely. when you are a little self-conscious, that's when I worry the most about what people think of me. But oh, when, yeah. I, when I'm doing something that I know I'm in the pocket, like, mm-hmm. I nev- yeah. I'm never worried about exactly what some even if i do mess up i'm like you know what i I, I never mess that up that's not something i do so it's going to be great exactly and even if it's something that like you it was a genuine mistake like it happens yeah it just happens you have to let you have to let go of your past indiscretions (laughs) because otherwise you will never grow you'll never grow lesson y'all we're all still working on it's so true like everyone's still figuring their shit out whether it be personal or professional you know so any mistake you ever make if you're you know doing a show and you make a mistake get over it it's gonna Mm -hmm. be fine you know learn from it get better and that's that and what about high school what was that like for you high school was definitely when the the theater like took over yeah because that's when you have to make the decision am i going to do arts or am i going to do sports right you know what i mean and how did that come to be was there a teacher that really inspired you was there someone that really got you to like push for that or you know it was it was actually kind of interesting because I, I I only had gotten to do, I think, two musicals. Babe being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, Babe was not a musical. Oh, right, God. A I wish. Sorry. Sorry. Can you can you imagine Street that play. that <laughs> 11 o'clock number? That'll do, Pig. That'll do, Pig. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh but uh, no, my first musical ever was Music Man. Oh, amazing. I love I got that to show. play. I got to play Winthrop when I was in sixth grade. And I had, a, a, like, I had a normal, re- like every high school does that it's show. It's so I feel true. Like. That's a great it's show. So I love it's, that show. It's fantastic. And uh, then I did like another weird kids musical or something in seventh grade. And then in eighth grade, I got to do Lost in Yonkers, wow. uh, which was fun because it was like it's a great play. You know, it was an actual. Yeah. Like I you know, and I was still a kid. I was in eighth grade and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm blah, blah, blah. But yeah. then that was the first experience. where I was like, oh, I'm working with professional actors. Nice. I need to get my shit together. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, that was when I learned that 
yawning during someone else's monologue is maybe not yeah. an appropriate thing to do on stage. And I'm acting <laughs> across from this, you know, wonderful 70 something year old, amazing actress playing that role in right. Lost in Yonkers, the grandma role. Yeah. And I yawned during one of her monologues. She literally stopped and looked at me and said, if you ever fucking yawn again. Oh, what a sweetheart. My... Yeah. <laughs> like in eighth grade. Angel. And I was like, oh, her kindness abounds. That's just so great. Yeah. But you know what? Those are, those are important lessons. Well, guess what? You learned that lesson. I lessons. never yawned. Exactly. <laughs> in yeah, anyone's monologue ever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know? You but then to be present. It was those sorts of things. Yeah. I, you know what? I remember, yes. So the, I did Lost in Yonkers. The guy who played Uncle Louie. Is that the character's name? Uncle Louie? Sure. We'll fact yeah, check. Sure, sure. Yeah. So not like tell that. anyone what we found out. Sorry, Continue. Neil. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no. Was played by uh, a guy named Robbie Weiner, and he was the son of the arts teacher at Portage Northern High School. Okay. Now, by the time I was in eighth grade, my sister was already in high school, so she was going to Portage Northern High School. And there were two high schools in my town where I grew up, Portage Northern and Portage Central. Damn. And both were known for their incredible arts programs. Amazing. They really had two, I mean, absolute staples of the community. Kathy Mulay at Portage Central and Laurel Shite at Portage Northern. And I remember in eighth grade or in seventh grade, I went to go see their production of You're in Town. Oh, God. I what love a great that show. And my sister was doing the like sound on it or something. Mm hmm. And I went and saw it, and I just I had never laughed that hard. Right. right. And I was Musical so comedy. exactly. I, yeah. I it was the first time I ever saw anything like that, and was so blown away uh, that I was like, I want to do like that. I want to do something funny like that because up until then I'd only ever done you know music man yeah, yeah. like fifth or fifth or all that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. that's not really funny back in the day and but then that, that was musical comedy yeah exactly then. it was the point list. but for yeah. back in the day when i was a kid i was right. like no this is like i want to do something really funny right. and i right. saw you in town i was like that's what i want to do but then i wasn't sure about like which high school i wanted to go to and everything and then the next year i saw their production of children of eden uh, oh, awesome. yeah, and i remember one. like in our community it was a big thing they went full out spent shit ton of money wow. like the costumes and the animals were unbelievable right it was a particularly talented cast and 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 year, a couple of years that they were having with wonderful people. And I saw Children of Eden, I remember like crying. Mm -hmm. And I was not raised religiously or anything like that. I, I didn't necessarily connect to it on a religious level like right. many would when they watch Children of Eden. But but instead I I remember feeling the religion of the theater. Well, that's right. how powerful that music exactly. That show is. And and it is such a powerful thing. And I remember like watching what's that what's the one in Act Two? What's it called when all the animals come back with Noah? Re something Return of the Animals. I think that's what's called. Know. It's like the musical sequence where all of the animals come two by two to go to the yeah, ark, right? Yeah. And I remember watching that at Portage Northern. And and I started to cry Wow! because I was so overwhelmed by the music and the visual and what I was seeing. And, and I felt for the first time the religion of theater. That's amazing. And I know a lot of people can um, attest to that, attest moment. To that yeah. moment and, and that feeling. Uh -huh. A lot of people in our business don't have religion necessarily of anything other than the theater and right. art in general. And I remember feeling that so strongly. And I knew I literally said at intermission or after the show, I, this is what I want to do. I want to wow. go, go here and I want to do this with Laurel Shite. And so I came so the next year to Perfect. my freshman year and they were doing Beauty and the Beast. 
And like it was all the seniors that had just done Children of Eden and they're the most talented right. people. And we all knew who's going to be the Beast and Belle and yeah, Brad yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. And then I auditioned and I got LeFou. Amazing. As oh. a freshman, I remember feeling, you know, all really cool good. and everything. Right. I have a, a name role as still, a freshman. Still definitely a little shit at this point. Like, <laughs> and, and I remember working with Laurel Shite and her husband, Michael Shite. And they absolutely for the next four years and Robbie, the son, Robbie would still come around and help out as well for the next couple of years. They were everything. Right. I learned everything from them. They gave me opportunities. They saw potential in me and, and trusted that with me for all four years. Of oh, high school. I love the shites. The yeah, shites. They're, they're really great. Yep. It, and was, did they amazing. inspire what? you to go to like, to keep your, keep your continuing education like in college. college. It was kind of interesting because I th I think my dad and this is I I think my dad really wanted me of course other than to be happy. Right. I know he always wanted me to be happy. Yeah. But Still I does. think there was a he, yeah, and I think there was a I think there was a huge part of him though that truly just yearned for me to be the next him mm, yeah. and continue on his legacy. Oh, that's mm -hmm. sweet. And it was very sweet, and I see that now as sweet. But of course, when I'm growing up as a it's rebellious a pressure, yeah. teenager, I wanted nothing more than to do anything but that. You know, and my dad was was as an amazing Baroque and classical pianist as he was. He was really more famous for his jazz. He could play jazz <laughs> just with the best of them, and he did. And the best of them in the business were not just his colleagues, they were his friends. That's amazing. And that was amazing for us to get to grow up and, oh, yeah. and be able to, you know, be personally spending time and meeting and learning from Bobby McFerrin and, and Chick wow. Corea and mm -hmm. Pat Metheny. And, and, is there someone and that some you remember, like, more than, like, is there someone you really remember talking growing, to? Or? Growing up with Bobby around was pretty incredible. That's insane. Because ev everybody knows Bobby as, don't worry, be yeah, happy. You know, yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. But but he is, that's, like, his least favorite thing he's ever done in of his course. life. You know what I mean? His, it's the one his, that made him money. His but... Right. <laughs> yeah, he never has to work again. Right. But, but no, his his musical ability is uh, is unlike that of anybody that I believe has ever lived. Interesting in the history of humankind wow. and and going forward. So growing up with people like that around, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was amazing, and that is unbelievable. Yeah. But, actually, but yeah. I remember as I started to become more involved with theater, uh, I I would notice that my dad would be like, okay. But like you still have to block out an hour and a half, two right. hours a day to practice your classical piano. Right. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Which the last time I checked has nothing to do with right. theater, the wedding singer. So, so there became a little bit of conflict there in terms of well, what do you really want to do? Right. You know, what do you want to do? My dad, it was always very important to my dad that I got a full college education. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad had three degrees. He was a doctorate wow. of, of, of education and, or no, actually, no, not education of music and uh, other stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I know that was very important to him, but I think it was clear to me that I, I was starting to take a little bit of a different path and want and wanted to be on stage and performing in ways that he didn't necessarily get to do. Which led you to Indiana University. Which led me to Indiana University, yes. Amazing. Did you major in musical theater there? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I was a BFA musical theater major. Okay. And, and when I made that decision, I really, I only auditioned for four places. Uh, I auditioned for Michigan and I got in, but I didn't want to go there, oddly okay. enough. And I know that sounds 
I just wanted to get out of my state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you went so far yeah. to Indiana. <laughs> and and I and I loved Michigan, but some of the people I met there, the, you know, it's a it's just an incredibly competitive yeah, yeah. environment and program. Yeah. And still is. I, I think their their program is absolutely incredible. I'm not speaking out on the record no, against U of M no. at no, all. But you know what? However, Knowing you a little bit, like you you don't really strike me as a Michigan. Well person. they're they're yeah. pro- like I, I kind of got the impression from them they were like here's the thing like we're gonna take you and put you through our cookie cutter and right. when you, yeah, and when you yeah. come out you You'll are be going perfect to be phenomenal Umish graduate and yeah. that they are right but when i went to iu i got the impression that was like we're gonna take you and then you get to choose which yeah. cookie cutter shape you want to totally. be yeah. mold your own dough man mm-hmm. and then jump out of the oven do what you want and, and i was did like you, were oh, you thankful that. were you like appreciative of that absolutely i was I was that would that that was what I needed, and I don't think I would have thrived at a school like Michigan or Carnegie Mellon, which they didn't accept me because of my ACT Rude. score. Oh, they didn't accept me either. I know. Yeah. They, I remember they they called me and they were like, "We'd really like you in the program, but the university isn't accepting you." And I was like, "Ah, damn, yeah." I guess it's right. everything happens for a reason. And it important. sounds like you really liked your experience anyway. I don't regret so, it at yeah. all. But I didn't actually even graduate from IU. I left after my junior year. Oh, and why was that? It was simply time. Mm, you were done. You know, my time at IU was incredible. It it taught me. It well, it it really shaped me into the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. And I was still learning quite a bit through my time in college. I you know I think I came from high school, and of course was a, was a big fish in a little pond. And mm-hmm. I came to IU, and I kind of quickly became somewhat of a of a a big fish in that pond pretty quickly. And I remember realizing and having experiences that was like, oh, I I can provide more opportunity to this school than I think perhaps I was even aware of. Right. Was it because of your piano, like it your was, skills? Yeah, your skill it was set? because of my other skill sets that I was also just as interested in developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, most most of the people more. in my in my program were there to do just that right. and mm-hmm. uh, rightfully so yeah. they were there to become musical theater mm-hmm. performers and yet i wanted to perform play. i wanted to compose right. i wanted to play yeah. i wanted to music direct i wanted to i wanted to do it all and when you're at iu and your neighbors with the jacob school of music which is the number one music right. school in the world mm-hmm. it's kind of great to have that in your left pocket to right. say, oh, you will, yeah, I want to go hang out with a couple musicians now and do yeah. this sort of thing. Right. And George Pinney, the director of the program, recognized that in me very early and was incredibly supportive. He was incredibly supportive. He gave me wonderful opportunities my, you know, my freshman year and 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 moving forward. And he remains a close person in my life today. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And and he was incredibly supportive. But it, it became kind of clear as I my time went on that. I was branching away from the university work and doing more work in the community and with other things and and doing my own things kind of, you know, and I wasn't really interested in auditioning for the shows at the university anymore. I was more interested in doing shows at the One Equity Theater in town and and music directing it and conducting. That's where I got to do these things for the first time. While you were in college? Yes, was music direct and conduct. Because that's a lot of work. There was one, my freshman year, we did a production or we tried to do a production of Chicago. Okay. And I ended up playing 
Miss Mary Sunshine, <laughs> Roxy Hart, no. while, <laughs> while also music directing the entire production wow. and playing the show and conducting the that band. That must have been so Dang. fun. And it was kind of crazy because like that shouldn't really happen. <laughs> it shouldn't really happen at all, but it but is hey, what happened. And I would. Why do you say just... trying? Because did, did it never go up? Or... <laughs> no, we actually at the end of it, this is so stupid, but we ended up not getting the rights to Chicago. Oh, damn. So we presented uh, an evening. <laughs> Of, of candor no. got it I was oh, okay say. it was ridiculous abby was in that Ab our good friend abby bardish was in that. oh mm -hmm. oh i love her that's right I who was in my that. class we were so mutual funny. friends with her but the thing about iu was that uh, what i took away from indiana university was that it it formed and shaped me into the person that i knew i wanted to become mm -hmm. and i still had many lessons to learn i was still insecure and 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 i had a lot of a lot of kind of, I guess, confidence issues in myself because I knew I was trying to live up to the potential of everything that I had promised yeah, my family, family and, yeah. and what my dad expected. And then my dad actually came down to Indiana University. He got a job there. Oh, right. Creating the very first vocal jazz program wow. at the cool. Jacob School of Music, which for the Jacob School of Music is incredible. And for a... 20 year old sophomore in college yeah. who's trying to rebel against his right. father who shows yeah. up and and not only shows up but makes him live with him oh. that was not as fun right. and so all of a sudden i had this new this new kind of environment where i was trying to deal with like my dad being there and and creating my own person while also yeah. trying not to be hey you're steve zagree's son right how right? do you like go hook up with people and like <laughs> drink your drinks <laughs> it's so true it's so true because i was i was i was still discovering to... myself and right and like i dated you know i dated when i was in high school and everything but it was all just so it was filled with dramatics right of it was course, filled with dramatics yes. all the time and then i i dated in college too but college was like the first time where I kind of realized that like girls might like me and be interested <laughs> yeah, in me yeah. in a way that I did not really ever realize before. That's like so I, I always thought I was just kind of like the, 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 I was the class clown, you right. know what I mean? And I didn't think that like hot girls liked that, you right. know what you I mean? Which is, that, which like, is so silly like to think about anyway. Someone proficient in piano and singing that's would hot. be hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, really I hot. quickly realized that that is <laughs> something sure that, that some people are attracted <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, and, so. and at the risk of, of sounding arrogant, that was something that I was very interested in right. immediately. Yeah. And I became a total like... Babe? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I went through like my man horror phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I look back on it and I'm We've like... All done it. it was even it was, Maggie has well, been a man whore. <laughs> well, I think it's just funny because I I definitely look back at a couple things and like I regret the way no that I went about it. But well, you sometimes you have to regret. Oh, we all you, have. Those you have moments. to regret in order to learn. Yeah. Absolutely. And I definitely, I definitely, you know, like I look back at times in which I maybe have hurt people, and it's it makes me sick to this day of just like I didn't ever mean to hurt anybody, but like right, but I was also did. just yeah, I was trying because that was that was how I felt affection back then was right. like, oh yeah, well if someone like wants to hook up with me, then like that's how I know that I have worth, which is right. so yeah. wrong. Yeah. It's right. so wrong, but people. It's, but it's Normal. how I felt for a long time, and and uh, and that was that. But I, I, so I, I was just trying to find myself in college, and when I finally did find the person that I wanted to become, and and let go of a lot of what I was holding on to from my childhood and everything, I quickly realized I was like, okay, I can I do go. more, yeah. and I can I can do more elsewhere. 
So what did you do after college? What happened after that? I moved straight to New York. For a I job, I, or are you just like up and were like, I need to be in New York? It was interesting. I, I had already read my, I'd already met my writing partner at that point, Eric Holmes. And we, he had, <laughs> he had workshopped a musical that he had written with a wonderful man named Tim Noble, who's a distinguished professor of voice at IU, who just by happenstance happened to be a second father figure to me growing up because he was best friends with my dad Amazing. professionally, mm. but also was a second fa- father figure to Eric growing up because he was best friends with Eric's dad growing up in Peru, Indiana. Wow, that's so fun. So we had this great connection and Tim had cast me in the lead role of this Alamo musical that Eric had written. So when they came to do it at IU, I met Eric and we were like, hey, we are we are connected somehow. And uh, we became brothers just like that. And over the next couple, like year or two, we had been kind of writing like cash, like he'd, you know, he, cause he was working like on smash by that point with Teresa Rebeck mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to make his own cool. way and everything. And, and, uh, he was like, Hey, I, I need this idea. I have an idea. I need this thing for a project I'm working on. Like, can you write a song that can be a 1940s Jewish American songbook hit, like, but yep. you change one word and all of a sudden it's a Christmas tune. And I was like, yep, I got that. And within an hour I like sent back this new song oh, and wow. he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm never letting you go. And so like ever <laughs> since then we started to kind of create yeah. professionally together. And after my uh, junior year during the summer, he was like, Hey, I'm producing the Lily awards this year, which are the awards that happen for women in musical theater, which is incredible and super awesome that they do that and so eric was producing them that year and he said i just i think it's time for you to go and he 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 pretty much convinced me to leave school and was like you come out here we'll put you up until you're up on your feet him and his wife aaron come help me co-produce these lily awards and like you know you'll be in the room with all these people we'll get you on your feet and, and we'll just go we'll start writing and, yeah. and we'll do things well i know you can do this and i was like okay and I I wrestled with it back and forth. I didn't want to let down my father. Yeah. I didn't want to let down my family. I didn't want to let down my class, which at the time were the most important people in my life. Right. Wow. The people in my class yeah. were were my family. I would have done anything for them. I would still do anything for most of them. Mm-hmm. So that was a hard decision. It was. And I remember sitting down with George Penny. I asked him out for pizza, dinner, like, hey, let's just catch up. And I sat down and I, you know, was like, I remember having it all prepared. It was like, okay, you're just going to do it. You're going to tell him it's going to be this. It's going to be great. And I opened my mouth to say something and he says, let me start. Oh, Oh. I said, oh, okay, that's fine. And he goes, (laughs) he goes, he looks me in the eye and he says, I think it's time for you to leave. Wow. wow. And, so and I just like gives you exactly burst what into you tears. Need. I love George. And, and we talked about it. George. Ta- George, I tagged you. I hope you're listening. Uh, George, dude, he George. really is. He's just one of the most wonderful men. And uh, and he understands me and he he gets me and, and listened. And you needed someone to say this was the right decision. Exactly. And that and was because I knew my dad was not going to be that person. Right. And, and it was. I, I told my dad and, and he quite frankly said, I... I will always support you, but I will not support you leaving the school. Wow. I will not support you financially. Wow. Yeah. You're on your own. Oh my God. You know, and, and it, it was with love. Good luck. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Were you scared? Were you? I was, I've never been more excited. 
actually amazing i i I wasn't scared it's weird i wasn't scared i was just i was i was nervous but i was so excited because i was i it finally felt like i was doing what i meant to do and i wanted to get out there like and i was still in that mindset of like i'm going to provide every opportunity for all of my friends anybody who stands by me i will stand by them and and more and i moved out here and within a week uh yeah within a week i'd signed with an agency wow um because i was scared too i was like yes still with them and i i because i i wasn't getting a showcase or anything so i was scared that nobody would know who i was but but somebody who is a you want to shout him out a nicolosi baby yes yes, that's a great one somebody who's a, a wonderful casting director here in the city uh with tara rubin um shout out to caitlin shaw yeah, spoke Caitlin. spoke on my behalf and uh, and called people up that Best she knew. Best way to get an agent, folks, referrals. is referrals, yeah, especially by industry professionals. Yes, well, it's just you you have to you know if you don't get out there and meet people, no one's ever going right. to meet you. You know what I mean? And I was very fortunate. I was incredibly fortunate that that Caitlin spoke on my behalf and I was signed with my agents and and before I knew it, within about. Yeah, well, not actually, yeah, it was, that was kind of crazy. I was already out auditioning and everything, but uh, within five or six months, I was uh, working on this little show that was starting to get a little bit of attention uh, before it really had any legs behind it called Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah, amazing. That was, uh, you segued right into yeah. the next question. Wait, did I really? You really segued. It's <laughs> literally next, right yeah, next, next to we're gonna, we're going to ask you about, <laughs> wow. about that. Well, so, you have a big Dear Evan Hansen fan over here. I mean, who is it? Broadway, I'm, Broadway I'm in general. I'm a fan as well, but I mean, Spiro's just like a super fan of all shows. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that journey for I you. I read because... Legally, you can't really talk about it. Is that true? It's, yeah, I got to be honest. I, I never really read the contracts through right, <laughs> as right. thoroughly as i could so i'll be uh, but I, I don't think i can i mean it's open not now. say it's yeah not, I, I don't think this is it's not a secret anymore about. exactly it was a secret back then right of course because uh i remember what they were because the first one was the arena production mm-hmm. in dc uh-huh. yeah. and my they were doing auditions just legit auditions for it and i went in for the show mm-hmm. proper and auditioned did my audition that was that and and then I went on with my life. And then I remember my agent Jeremy called me and was like, so uh, it's not going to work for you. Like it's not going to happen for you to, you know, for one of the roles or whatever right now, but they really, really love you. They're really, really interested in you. And, um, and uh, they're going to keep a, you know, they're going to keep you in mind. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Great. And like a week later or something like that, I can, I get another call and they were like, they would like you to come in and be a part of a, a very, um, special secretive sort of first thing okay i was like uh okay what does that mean yeah Mm -hmm. and and so what it turned out to be is during the the development portion of the show in which michael greif of course and uh danny mefford choreographer and justin and benj and alex lackamore music supervisor and ben Cohn, the music director like all the whole team Mm -hmm. when they were putting the show together to figure out what it was going to be for the arena production right and so benj and justin and uh oh geez i forget who was cat lindsey i think was casting at that point was uh they wanted me to be the vocalist for that portion nice and so they brought me in to learn all the, all the songs. Wow. And and I, you know, I've never been more nervous in my life because I literally get a, a call from Alex Lacamoire himself. 
uh, who oh at God. the time, who at the, like shaking uh, who at the time, yeah, I was, I was 21 years old. I was 21 mm-hmm. years old at this point. So that was like two uh, years ago. Guys. Yes. Or I guess, yeah, I was just about to turn 22. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. And, uh, and I get a call from Alex Lackamore that's like, Hey, so I'm sending all the music over to you. Uh, and then uh, we're going to meet in my apartment and, uh, come over to my apartment and, uh, like? and we'll practice and, and make sure you're ready and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, yes, yes. And I remember like getting waving through a window for the first time. And You're like the at first it. person to cry? ever sing it. I, I think I was probably, I mean, I'm sure Justin and Ben were having yeah, people yeah. sing yeah, it as yeah. they were writing it. But but I think, yeah, I was probably in the first handful of three, three-ish wow. people to ever sing the song. Wow. Unless Justin, you know, sends me a message now and it's like, we had like 15 people sing the song before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, at that point, there was only one demo and that was the demo that I got to listen to. And then I guess maybe I was the first person to sing it live in a room. But like, I look at all this music and I was like, holy shit. It's first of all, this yeah. is a lot of music. Second of all, you know, they love to write it high. Yeah, right. I was just going to say. Third of high. all, oh, I'm singing all the female parts as well. Oh, perfect. Oh, two? Okay, yeah. cool, 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 cool. So I'm, I'm learning all these songs and everything. And I go in and I remember not having them memorized okay. when I walked into Alex's apartment for the first time. Oops. And what a humbling experience that was. Because I still, I mean, I'd been in New York for maybe five or six months. I was already stressed. I'd already, like, literally a couple months after I came to New York was when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Yes. So I came to New York and made this, like, made this, (laughs) it couldn't have been worse timing because I literally was like, yeah, I'm like, become my own person. I'm leaving my dad behind. I'm going to New York. And I literally moved to New York and two months later. He's diagnosed. Yeah, he's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Stage four. Right. And so I immediately was like, well, fuck me. Like, do I, I should go back. I should go back. Mm -hmm. But my dad was a very prideful man and and didn't want to show that he was as, as bad as he was. And I didn't realize it until it was too late. But here I am walking to Alex's apartment and like prepared. I, I knew the songs, but I was still reading the sheet music. And we're singing them and going through them and we're in his studio and like, you know, his wicked poster and his In the Heights poster and his Bring It On poster all signed by Lynn and everything. And then my inside geek is like having a heart attack and my outside geek is like professional, professional. (laughs) And then we start singing through these songs and he was wonderful and helpful and supportive. But I could tell he was like, you you can do better. Hmm. He never had to say anything like that. He's a wonderful, one of the most kind kind men i've ever met oh he'll be on season eight don't worry yeah absolutely (laughs) but he literally yeah like i could tell in his eyes that like you know what you you can do better and he was 100 percent right amazing and you bet your ass when i showed up on the first day you were i was like ready to go and ready to do it but did that feel did it feel so good like even even then like i was still because there were so many and there were songs in the show that we were doing that were cut from the show that no one's ever even really heard oh actually i think they did release it eventually but anyway so I'm sitting there and like I would still I was still kind of nervous so I held the music in my hand mm-hmm. but what I didn't realize is that Michael was expecting to physically use me as well. Gotcha. I like I figured I was just going to be standing by the piano yes, and singing yes, because yes. they had they had people in there a, a wonderful dance group. Shout out to the Dance Cartel wherever you are. Yes. Anitaj and Amazing, all the fantastic yeah. people, Sunny, Alexander, oh, they're all incredible. Anyway, we'll tag them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, um, I remember there being like, okay, we're going to start with waving through a window. So Nat, let's have you get up there and, uh, we'll <laughs> like right there in center. And I think that's where we're going to have you start. And I was like, 
oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea that I was also to be playing these characters right. instead right, of yeah. just seeing them. So I went up and I was Evan for waving through a window. Wow. And I was I was Jared for going viral, and oh God, uh, I was awesome. all three of them for sincerely me, and going back and forth and singing and like going back and forth singing Zoe and Evan for all these things and and moving it like literally doing that act one ending where they kiss for the first time. Right. I was like kissing like, myself like <laughs> on a chair like on the bed, <laughs> and it was incredible because I was watching Michael and Danny create, create yeah. right exactly these these and this I'm sitting movement here just and choreography wondering and what was it like seeing the show actually like. Once when it you had actually materialized. Saw it, yeah. Well, it was it was incredible because first after that, you know, that was a week and a half long process and and it was absolutely incredible. And then a couple weeks later I get another call and they were like, Hey, they would like to have you come in and record the backup and do the voice the oh, awesome. virtual voices. Oh yeah, because your voice is still on the original cast. Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I got to go in and sing and and I just yeah, you know. That was uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Right. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it was it was great. We go in and it was. I mean, fantastic. you must have been moved by Ben Platt's performance. It was it was crazy because I actually didn't get to see Ben for a, um quite a while, and I I remember I was out of town for opening because you know they did arena. I didn't even get to go see it in arena. Right, it was the best job ever. I was performing every night. I didn't even have to show up. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, eventually. It came to Signature, and I didn't get to see it in Signature because at that point I was doing Million Dollar Quartet. Right. And then on opening night, I remember getting the call. They were like, hey, we have two. You get two tickets to opening night like yeah. for the show. You get to come and be yeah, a whole like, part I'm of booked. it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, opening night. I'm a Jeremy Hansen. But I was out of town. I was right. I was doing yeah. an MDQ with Hunter yeah. Foster. And so I was like, I can't come. They were like, oh, well, okay, we'll try to get you in like Aww. later then. I was like, no, 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 no. But I already, I'd already done a couple like also visual things with them where we were recording some stuff and everything. But then eventually I did get to go see the show, of course, on Ben's last night. Oh my God. I got to go see Are Ben's last night. Actually, yeah. I, saw, I saw his last night. Really? So we were in the theater together. Oh my gosh, together. before we even knew each other. Oh God, that's so goodness. weird. Yeah, I was it was there. so emotional. Was Wait, there. you were at his final performance? Yes. Michael, my husband got us tickets for my birthday. It was incredible. Yeah. He's, and then they were, you know, little. auctioning off the cast and, and oh, yeah, for like yeah, $30,000, yeah. something yeah, yeah. like that. It's it crazy. It was so moving. That show. I love final performances. I try to go. Yeah, I, I've was, been to a lot of final It was very shows. special. But yes, to see it for the first time, I was I was blown away because like in Waving Through a Window, some of that stuff is exactly the same as when we first choreographed it. I mean, it truly hasn't changed. And that's just right. a testament to how good it right. is. Seriously. It never had to change. Yeah, it's really um, special. But it did quite change. I mean, when Waving Through a Window, well, no, maybe I shouldn't say that because that's Justin and Ben just thing. It was just, I'll just say it was very different. Right. It was, the song was very different. It, it changed. It went through, you know, all kinds of different things and. I'm sure Benj and Justin will talk about that on a podcast. On our podcast. Yeah, on, our, on, on this season podcast. Eight. Season, season eight. nine. <laughs> season eight. <laughs> we always refer to season eight. We're in season two. FYI. Yeah, yeah just like, so you but know. But season eight is packed filled with, with celebrity celebrities. guests. Amazing. It's Gosh, our, big, it's our biggest season yet. Back, yeah. It's amazing. You, will, you, it, well, you talked a little bit yet. about like your writing partner. Uh -huh. And I just want to touch on that a little bit because totally. we know that you um, you guys have written a lot together. Um, sure have. And, you know, I, I love that you talk about you meet him and you're inspired by him right when you meet him and you have this instant connection because that's how I felt with Spiro. Mm -hmm. um, 
So let's talk a little bit about your fly musical. Fly more than you fall. Yeah, fly more than you fall, and you Hey-o. released an album of it too. I sure did. Yeah. So y'all can ch- you all can find "Fly More Than You Fall." Uh, the, so it's a demo. Is the recording that's out? The record. Well, the demo. No, it's the, it's a full album. I have a full album out called okay. "Fly More Than You Fall." Got it. And is that a concept album? Talk a little bit about like what. Yeah. The deal so is. it was crazy when when um when my dad died in March of 2015 so sorry by the way it's okay um i that was you know it's earth shattering right of course and he died right after i had done the dear van hansen stuff like right after and before i had booked my first million dollar quartet and so just to note million dollar quartet you played jerry lee lewis many many times uh you've done it a bunch crazy piano skills you're jumping on the piano you're yeah. going nuts i would love to talk more about that but i want to go on yeah. to climb we'll get there we'll get but there. yeah check out video. there's videos of him he did a paper mill you've done it all over but there's a lot of videos yeah, of with like doing an iconic that, so. director Hunter yeah, so, Foster. so look, look that up but we're we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about fly more than you fall go. yeah and um i'd written before i moved to new york actually this is wow 2014 summer of 2014 I uh, was dating a girl. I was still at IU. I was dating a girl named Anna and was just so happy. I'd just gotten out of like a, a kind of toxic relationship, much of it being my fault and much of it, you know, being it was kind of just we right. were not right for each other. But it was that passionate college relationship, oh, yes. you know, where we we hated to love each other and right. love to hate each other. Been there. We've all had it. Exactly. And I was trying to move on and grow up and and I was dating this girl and I remember this afternoon I was just so happy. Literally everything in my life was going so perfectly. And I was sitting at a restaurant, Scotty's in Bloomington, (laughs) (laughs) eating some some tater tots that uh, the girl I was seeing at that point gave to me. She was working there and she gave me these tater tots and I sat down. I literally ate a tater tot and I was like, life is beautiful. Wow. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I sat there and within 45 minutes, I'd written the words to fly more than you fall this song. Wow. And I remember I went home and I played it for my dad that night. And I said, dad, I wrote this song. I just want you to hear it. And I didn't normally play things for him that I had written very much, very often. Um, And it was the first song and really kind of the first and only song that he, I could tell he genuinely looked at me and was like, this is a good song. Wow. And I like this song. Cause sometimes I'd write like stupid bullshit pop songs yeah. that he's like, right. he's like, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, bud. <laughs> you know? And, uh, but this one, he, he genuinely was like, this is really, this is a really good song. I really like this song. And so it, it not only meant more to me because of that, but it meant more to me because it, it was a song that was truly me through and through it represented everything that I believed. You can also see yeah. that hear life. that song on YouTube. I'll put a little clip on here yeah, on, sure this, uh, on this episode, but you can hear more of it on uh, and uh, on Spotify. And I remember just loving that song, and I was like, "This is my mantra song." You know what I mean? And I moved to New York, and then my dad, of course, fast forward, my dad dies, and I remember thinking to myself, "I was like, I just don't know what to do." And everybody does it differently, right? Yeah, everybody handles grief, grief differently. differently. There's yeah. no right way. There is no right way. And I just remember thinking to myself, "I need to." do something i need to write about this i need to 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 channel this energy i because i always wanted to everything i did was always for him yeah whether it was to get a rise out of him or to get a smile out of him or to you know whatever it was it was somehow connected back to, make to him, him proud, yeah. all that and so i remember i was like i'm gonna make this album i'm just gonna make this album so i did a whole thing and, and made the album and it came out like a whole year later it was just such a hard process and 
And so the album is called Fly More Than You Fall because the title track is Fly More Than You Fall. But it's yeah. just a bunch of, you know, silly little I really pop enjoyed songs. it. I really enjoyed it's it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like four songs that I can still like tolerate to this day. The rest of them... <laughs> The rest of them, I don't, oh I don't God, think I've, you're always I don't, like that though when you write something and yeah, you're like, I don't think oh, I've I can't listened, watch that again. I don't think I've so listened horrible. to like the majority, the vast majority of that music in, in a while. But there are a lot of people that get a lot out of them, and that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. Is I listened to the full album like four happy. days ago. Really? Four nights ago, I had the whole yeah, I had the night off oh and gosh. I was cleaning and doing laundry, no. and I was like, this is the perfect time. All right. It it's very uplifting. It's super cute. That was the idea. But you fully realized this then and turned it into a musical with with some kids and music yes. directed so it and eventually last yeah. year right we yeah we found this we found this um idea eric i remember eric calls me one day and um because we had been we had been toying around with this this project that we had been working on that wasn't going to go anywhere but about like 60 to 75 percent of that project that we were working on was original material made by us and we were like well we don't want to lose all of this original material so what do we do with this and i remember eric called me one day and was like i've got it it's your song hmm. i was like what he was like it's fly more than you fall i was like no it can't be <laughs> he was like it is it's it's and and he he kind of told me what he was thinking and by the end of the two minute pitch i was like yeah you're yes. absolutely right wow i can't believe it but you're right wow so we wrote Flymer Than You Fall and uh, made it our own entirely and and started so it's doing different. Is it, of it different everything. than the album? Yes. You just so it's completely different from the album. Okay. In fact, Fly More Than You Fall on the album is the only song that is in the musical Got Fly More Than okay. You Fall, which which follows an original plot right, cool. yeah. that has nothing to do with the album. You know what Great. I mean? The album is a collection of a bunch of yeah, silly, cute little yeah. uplifting songs that hopefully will just get a smile on someone's face right. when they listen to it for three and a half minutes. But. Absolutely. No, I love the piano parts too. I was telling Spiro, I was like, you can just, you played on it, right? Yeah. I was like, it's definitely him playing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, and this, it's not easy to do that now. It's not easy to write your own music and put, put yourself out, a full out there album. like that. Congratulations. Was, uh, it, thank you. It's so awesome. It was really, it was really tough. You know, I'll never self-produce an album again because when you sell you're like i'm gonna self-produce an album you get there on day one you're like oh it's just me. oh that's right. right i don't know what i'm doing right. <laughs> i've never right. done this before so you're literally figuring it out as right. you go along Same. making mistakes that's and what yeah. we do over budget exactly yeah, yeah exactly and so many of us do that but it uh when we started to actually develop the musical we got a good response pretty quickly and we were working with wonderful people that helped us uh get along the way quite Quite, I mean, it, it was incredible yeah. the amount of support that we had, and we're endlessly grateful to the people that have helped us along that journey. But but it really came to a new experience. We did a we did a workshop production at Syracuse University. Shout out to the Orange. Wow. Yeah, All my love well. to everybody in that cast uh, and that whole process. They were absolutely incredible. You know, college students doing material that. Uh, what a is, great lesson for them. Is, yeah, for some of them is far beyond their years, and right. yet they they did it incredibly. And we found out that the story worked. Nice. And it was it was great. And then fast forward about a year, we figure out, yeah, you're, we're getting picked up. We're going to get fully produced at uh, UVU, the Norda Center at Utah Valley University. Nice. Wow. And uh, and we, yeah, that was that was it. It was kind of crazy. And so we started to go through all the things we had producers that were working for us now right, and yeah. working on the show because we did a, we did a whole industry um presentation of the show 
uh, at Open Jar Studios. Fantastic nice. studios. Go check them out. Yeah, oh, Shout I've out been awesome. there. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff we're Whiting. We're actually shooting something there. Oh, good, good, like, good. Yeah, we're gonna Shout out to Jeff Whiting. There. Wonderful, wonderful work. One of the most beautiful little studios right it's near incredible. Ripley Greer. Yep. It's really great. Better. Yeah, but better. <laughs> don't say that. No, we don't talk about that. That's not how we roll here. <laughs> well, it's. Very I'll say it. I'm the guest. I'll, I'll say it. I'm the guest. It's better. <laughs> um, give them their business. They so what's it. what's next for this? What's the next for this little show of yours? What do you well, think? What's the plan? That I know for. a Fact, I'm not allowed to legally. Got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but that means there's something exciting. There, coming. there are things uh, that are exciting that are up on the line for us. We, you know, we have our team. Amazing. We are working with that team very, very consistently. It's going to be my Broadway debut. I'm really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going <laughs> to play the 14 year old girl. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'll play her dad. <laughs> hey, you actually. D- d- Couple years, dude. Absolutely, got it. I'm on a couple it. years. Um, well, um, but it's amazing. yeah. We we will definitely you know 2020 will have a lot of life for Flymore and we'll fall. keep y'all right. updated. We'll too. be able to we'll be able to share. I, I can say this. I think sooner than you'd expect, maybe even within the month. Amazing. Uh, you'll be able to hear some music from amazing. the show oh, publicly. Cool. That'll be really fun to share and with everybody. Yeah. While we're talking about things coming into fruition, I always love to ask this question if you were to manifest three things for this year that you would love to to happen that you can talk about like you just put out into the universe like professionally or, or just personally yeah, it could be anything, anything. just oh, three gosh. things for not this year three 2020 things i would uh like to continue to become a better man mm-hmm. nice i would like to I the full Broadway option for Fly More Than You Fall right. opening opening fall 2020. Nice. <laughs> that's Beautiful. what I would manifest for this Why year. Why not? I can tell you this right now. That's not what's going to happen right. oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for, for 2020 anyway. <laughs> 2021. You never know, Nat. You never know, bud. Um, but yeah, and then I guess number three, I want to be, this is my big thing. I, I want to be a better friend. Nice. I When I get down... I draw into myself and the past couple of years has been uh, really tough for me in a lot of different ways. And through that, I I pull into myself and then I'm not there for people that I care about. You know what I mean? Well, not in the the typical ways, maybe. Sure. Sure. Not, not in the ways that I should be, you know, like I'm, I'm always there when it matters, but, but uh, I think my, my biggest shortcoming is that when i get down to my when i get down into myself i pull into myself mm-hmm. because i have to focus on myself yeah. to to stay you know alive and doing what i do but then that makes people in my life that i care about feel like i don't care right right which is deservedly so you yeah. know someone doesn't text you back you feel like they don't care about you yeah but i well that means also that someone's probably said something to you and you've listened yeah right? taking it so, in absolutely you know? and that's, but the, that and that's the thing so that's up. that's my big 2020 thing is i because there's i so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people literally in my life that i care about and invest in and i just i'm trying to show that to I people love that. better well, and you I think heard that's, it here first i think folks. that's yeah well i just think that's a pretty universal thing that we can all do we can support everyone a lot more yeah i mean and it's we can what, support it's, people when they're down it's why well. we do this i mean yeah. honestly this right. is this is our version of support yeah supporting artists who need inspirational voices supporting artists who are like 
you know, I'm really nice and I'm really kind and I know if I'm patient, something will happen. And those are the heroes we're celebrating, the people who yeah. stayed patient, stayed humble, mm -hmm. just kept doing the work. And you're such an artist. I think that's also why you maybe feel like a lot uh, you pull inside. But really, it's just because everything you create comes from you. So yeah. maybe it feels like you're pulling inside, but it's really just you living what you do I and mean, that's i just love your you energy do. man yeah, like so I, I feel like i've known you for a while like this this that i mean this true. is one of our like second conversations yeah. like, but it feels like ever. i've known you for a long time we had the opportunity we talked a little bit in the intro that nat worked on a music video that we were producing and like you were so inspiring to me that yeah. day like oh. really the, the way that you can hear things and your ideas and like you just jumped on I mean, your leadership skills, I was just like, dang, who is this person? Because I had never heard of you yeah. before that day. And yeah. I'm so glad you had a chance to come here. This has been a really I, amazing been interview. And really also have. check out check out the track he produced. He helped produce and music direct. Uh, Tell Me. It's available on Spotify. Yeah. And, uh, Tell me. It's really yeah. good. Hey, don't go anywhere. Just a quick word from our sponsors. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Here's the thing. If you like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android. Available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. All right. Well, as much as we'd love to keep talking and keep talking about all this stuff, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna have some little fun with you. <laughs> favorite now. segment. And we're gonna go we're gonna oh, go into our favorite segment called Winging it. Winging it. They're just winging it. Winging it. They're just winging it. All right. So this one is this called, one's cute. this one's awesome. This oh, one's gosh. called the Craigslist price is right. Um, so we've all been in New York for a long time. Well, uh -huh. most of us. Uh -huh. um, and some people say it takes about 10 years. Some say five, you know, when we're New Yorkers uh, to say that it's a true fact of all of us. So we wanted to play a game with you called Craigslist price is right. The most idea of them is, are New York, but right some right of them are Michigan because yeah. we pulled from your roots. Oh no. So what, what we did is we're going to, we're going to share a few items here. We're going to, uh, uh, share the Craigslist ad. We brought pictures so you can see and laugh a little harder. But some of these descriptions were just so freaking funny. So these items are for sale on Craigslist uh -huh. that we found in New York. Uh -huh some in Michigan. Okay. And so we'll show you the photo and we'll read you the description that it says on there and you have to guess the price yes. of the item. Got yeah. It. And you have to get as close as possible without going over. And if Got you it. and if you do well, you win a <gasps> Nico Frank Productions beanie. Bum, 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 which you will get anyway. Y'all can't see it, but it's dancing over my head right now. You always win here at the Cool Kids table, but we like to make it a competition. All right. So I'm going to start. Now, you love this one. You can start with the first one, Dude, this one made me like... Read the description. Laugh so hard. I was like laughing oh, right. too much. I'm ready. Okay, this I'm one ready. is called. Do you have the photo? I do. We're gonna. Okay. <laughs> this one's called a butt pumpkin. Okay, here's the photo. And just so y'all know, I'm gonna do a swipe left on the, yeah. on the post so you can see. Y'all will see these pictures too, but for okay, now. So the ad says, "Do you want an old pumpkin that looks like a butt? You can hold it up to your butt in pictures, and it looks like you have a pumpkin for a butt. Due to high demand, we will no longer be taking calls." <laughs> Due to high demand. Do okay. How much do you think that was? How, yeah, high my, my note, first note question, the high demand. Do do you bid on Craigslist? Is that a, is it no. like eBay? No, no. Is it just one offer? Yeah. That's yep. it. Yeah. Oh, and they. Just to be clear, when you like, they offer a price. They're yes. Like, this yes. Yes. They is selling this, this much. Or, going yeah. for? I mean, other than priceless. Yeah, I know. Because I, I kind of feel like that's, believe me. 
I would this butt pumpkin. I would value. I think I would value this butt pumpkin. It kind of looks like my butt, actually. Ooh. And I've been told a couple times that I've got a, a butt pumpkin, a cute pumpkin butt. butt, a cute butt. And this is a cute pumpkin, so I'm gonna value my butt at eleven dollars. Okay. Well, you are so close. Oh, actually, you are really close with Priceless because it's yeah. sort of a trick question. It's going for free. Yeah. Oh. Which which is the my high butt, demand? My we'll see. My butt doesn't go that for free. So <laughs> that should ain't free. Sorry, mom. All right, that's a good one. So the second item is a random black and white used cookie jar shaped like a cat. On top of this cat is a green fish sitting on his forehead. Okay, so you get a nice little a picture. I think I just saw this in Cats, the oh, movie. Oh, yes, you might you have. Serious? You yeah. might have. Yeah. So, how much do you think oh. for this prized Cats memorabilia? How much do you think this one's going for? Uh, it's honestly, so ugly. It's this so... cat gives me nightmares. Yeah, if I'm, it's the fact that the t- well, like the, the eye contact is, is so consistent and and, and like intense. everywhere you look, it's looking at you. But like the, the tongue, Mona Lisa. it's like it's very predatorial. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say that I would pay somebody else ten dollars. <laughs> wow! To take this off my hands. You know That's what? My guess. You know what? That's you know you're you're not even close. Um. So this item is forty dollars on Four Craigslist. Zero. Do you think anyone bought that for forty dollars? Madness. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, think it was me. It. I, was I paid. I paid them forty dollars. That was a reach. It was uh, who who, dir- who directed the film again. Cats? Because that's who paid forty dollars for it. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding? I don't think Tom Hooper has $40 to his name no, after not Cats. Anymore, not anymore, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, I love you, Tom Hooper. I think you're one of the greatest directors Cats of our generation. Cats great. How, no, no, no. No. Cats, Cats is horrible. I know. I never saw Tom saw, Hooper I saw your Instagram. You did an Instagram story about Cats, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Terrible. <laughs> this one's from Michigan. Aww. It is a straight up barrel of hay. Or not barrel. It's a, bale. It's a bale of hay. Yeah. So um, all bales are four by five net wrap. All these bales can be handled with smaller equipment and are not over with to haul. It's really nice hay, and it put and it puts up right. So they have straight grass, straight alfalfa. The weight is seven thirty seven <laughs> pounds to nine twenty nine twenty two pounds. And is that hundred nine hundred pounds? Yeah. So the Great. weight, yeah, you can I guess get barrel bales of hay for seven hundred and thirty seven pounds up to nine hundred and twenty two uh-huh. pounds. Cool, cool, cool. Uh-huh. So. How, How much, much do you think that would be? Like one of those little bales. Back in your Kalamazoo days, or my honest to God, my first gut was to ask, "What is the current currency of horses?" Mm. But mm. I don't think that yeah, joke's really going to go anywhere. So I'm going <laughs> to let it go. Uh, I think probably this hay is more expensive than than you might think it is. A yeah, bale, I think a bale of hay up to 900 pounds is more expensive than you think it is. I'm going to say this bale of hay is selling today for $160. And Dang. the actual retail price is $44. Dollars. $44. No. Dude, what are you for doing? 900 pounds of hay. This one. guy does, no, this guy doesn't know how to sell hay. No, he's got, <laughs> well, maybe he's selling them at, at a discount rate on Craigslist. Yeah, I'm, he must be. Maybe he's trying to get money for for bail. <laughs> that, hey. <yeah>, maybe. <laughs> okay. And mind you he has 500 Small round bales for sale. Just oh, my he's got gosh. a lot. Yeah, he's um, got a lot on his hands. That's quite a bit. All right, so now we have <laughs> 29 Beanie Babies with oh. original TY tags on all of them. That's you know, the description. I used to be a huge Beanie Baby fan. And I now had they're worth hundreds nothing. and hundreds and hundreds of them. Yeah. 
And now they're worth like little to nothing. They're coming back though. I hear the value is coming back up. I thought up. they were like super expensive, these beans. No, they lost value for some reason yeah, in the past 10 really? years. Yep. Although my parents at one when did, point. When did this ad go up? Um, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. when we looked it up. Um, so but keep my that parents in mind. at one point bought me a $60 Beanie Baby. It was the Garcia Bear. It was very, very, Garcia, very, the, very. The tie dye bear. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I remember that one. I think he's in that. No, I don't know. Oh, I have I a, know. They all have the original tags, though. That's yeah, important. so keep that in mind. And there's 29 of them. How much do you think? Um, and notice that we're like clearly th- fucking with you with every one of these. <laughs> yeah, so like, just keep that in mind. It's never what you think. I really, I, I, I want to say like 350 bucks, but oh. I'm going to, I'm going to go down. I'm yeah. going to go down yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, think yeah. price is right too Can with you this ma- one. Like I suck at the price is right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly. St- I'm starting to feel like you should never be a contestant. <laughs> They'd be like, come on down. And I'd be like going up the stairs. Yeah. Like, like, you're like, wait, what? Wait, uh, <laughs> 29 Beanie Babies. $29. Okay. Well, $1. you're close. If you say it's it's $1 for you're, all of them. For all of them. I'm telling you. What, I'm what, telling what is the point of putting it up there that's more effort to put up the ad? $1. That was a Michigan one? No, that was a New York City uh, one. Yeah. Oh, man. Rude. People just trying to just throw it out on the street. I'm, I'm upset with the Michigan one. He could have gotten a lot of more profit for that hay. We'll contact him. We'll let him know. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is a very, very interesting item. It's a brand new, never been used banana holder. <laughs> it's a holder for your banana. Are that's you sure li- that's, that's what it says? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. literally what it says. But like, are you positive? Yes, this I'm positive. Is a banana holder? Look it up, folks. I just swiped it on the a post. multiple use banana holder. Yeah, maybe. I guess so. What do you Ooh. think a banana holder goes for? Yeah. Never used. Twenty nine Beanie Babies. I think a banana, holder, banana holder goes for one bushel of bananas. Oh, ooh, all right. <laughs> which would ban- which would equal, equal out to, to a cost of. Seventy-five cents. Oh, Ooh, six dollars. Six dollars. Right. Dollars. I was gonna say seven dollars. <laughs> Follow your gut. And Follow you still would have been wrong though, because that would have been. Yeah, but over. my gut for the first three was wrong. like hundreds of dollars <laughs> off. So. All right. So is this, this is the last one. No, we have two more. But this is a really good one. This is one that I almost bid on. Very so nice. This one's called Bright Red Vibrator. Um, so <laughs> barely used. Barely vibrator. Used. It, it so goes <laughs> hand in hand with the banana holder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you a package can, deal. You can hold it in your banana holder. Barely used. Barely like used. Barely used. Yeah, yeah. That's what it says. Literally the description. This barely is a Mich- used. This is a Michigan one. Still have original box. And it gives the, the size 6.89 inch by 1.5 inch. Sorry. You need, but you need two <laughs> AA batteries that are not included. Because when she used them, she took it out. Men, this says, men, this holiday, if unfortunately you cannot satisfy your partner, this is the time to buy this item and let them be happy. Women, if you like, satisfy your cells this <laughs> is it there you go <laughs> other colors available purple black blue call if interested will are not they answer. All she has used? all of these are they all yep. barely used all barely used i guess <laughs> this, this is a michigan one will not it? answer to text yes, yes tell is... us how much this barely used vibrator would go for it barely used vibrator it's <laughs> so gross <laughs> Four dollars and twenty cents. Ooh, that was the closest you've been without going over. It was six dollars. Oh, but I love your addiction to four twenty. That's great. Uh, I, I see what you did there. Addiction might be a, a generous word. <laughs> well, just your your love of, of four twenty. I um, yeah. I don't even know if you smoke, but you said four twenty. So all the so sudden, now we know you smoke. Strictly Sparrow. coincidence. Yeah. Strictly coincidence. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> hashtag four twenty. Hashtag blast. Hashtag. Uh, sorry, okay, mom. this is our. Oh <laughs> yeah, one. this one's silly. Did you buy this barely used vibrator in black? <laughs> <laughs> so these are plastic bowls that do not have a lid. Yes. They're Tupperwares. 
no lid. Selling some very nice plastic bowls made <laughs> by nice. the Glad Company. Has flower print of different colors around middle of the bowl. Has a nice rounded top. No lids and caps. <laughs> oh, so what are they asking for 50 bowls? 50, 50 bowls, no 50 lids. 50 bowls with no lids. Because that's how we sell things in Michigan. <laughs> 50 bowls, $5. $15. Wow. Man, not bad, right? though. Not bad. Not bad. Now. This Michigan. Uh, here's the thing, though. With Michigan, <laughs> like, you can go anywhere. I feel like Eddie, like that person could have been selling themselves right. for the vibrator. What like, are you doing with all those there, bowls there, and no like, lids? There are yeah, Michigan, where are these lids? There are Michigan Hicks. There's there's a friend of mine. Like, I literally just saw someone I went to high school with. Buying just Glad no, lids. who like just put up their own personal porn page wow. oh. on their Facebook. Perfect. Oh. Like it was one of those things where like this person like kind of pops up in your newsfeed yeah, every yeah, now and yeah. then. It's like, oh yeah, that that one random person. And I went then to all high of a sudden they were naked. They're You're still like, in Kalamazoo. Oh. oh, I did. I don't. I didn't see anything. But they they just posted a link. They were like, hey, here's my um, OnlyFans here's my, page. <laughs> that's what it's called. Yes, it's which called I, what? OnlyFans. OnlyFans. I'd never heard of it. I've never heard. And of I it. And I saw this person I went to high school with. Literally, it was like, like, here's my OnlyFans page. Please support. I'm so trying. I'm, not like, to, I'm trying to move. Not to support OnlyFans, but like a lot of gays use it. Pretty much, you can make your own porn site, and it's pay to pay to it's pay like to view. So you pay like a dollar ninety nine a month to to be able to see people's private yeah. videos and photos. But again, that's like someone I went new. to high school with. So if I were selling that so, on Craigslist, it would be the thing where I was like, I like you can I you can give me zero dollars to never <laughs> never let never me look it. at this Jeez. ever because wow. that's not something my eyes well, ever, ever need to see. Porn note. Wait, wait. <laughs> what a lovely way to you end this You pretty much podcast. failed miserably, but we had a great time watching your guests. Thank you so much for being at the Cool Kids Table at Radio Free Brooklyn. Where can we find you? Where can people yeah, follow shout you? Yeah, out. You can Find me um, at a bench in Central Park, <laughs> looking as homeless as ever. Uh, <laughs> and when I'm not looking homeless in Central Park, you can find me on Facebook, yeah, Nat Zagree, and on Instagram at Nat Zagree. And spell your name. Yeah, you can just type in Zagree, Z-E-G-R-E-E. Degree with a Z, if you right. will. And uh, me and my sister are the only ones left okay. in the entire world. So okay. I guarantee you will not find anybody else on there. And it's pretty easy to find. Perfect. Fly More Than You Fall has an Instagram as well. Fly More Than You, you Fall has up. an Instagram. Yes, you can look up Fly More Than You Fall. I think it, I think it might be Fly More TYF. Okay. okay. It's also the hashtag. I okay. hate hashtags, but I think that's a thing. It's a thing. Zagree and Holmes also has an Instagram page now. Oh, okay. I know. I always forget about that, but they do. We Perfect. do. Sorry, that's me. So, <laughs> so check out Zagree and Holmes. Check Zagree out Fly Holmes. My Then yes. You Fall. Check and out you can Nat check Zagree. Out, um, theater School Dropouts is actually January 27th. It's um, kaput. Yeah, it's kaput on Amazon Prime. Well, you can still purchase it, but um, the streaming Amazing. season one will be will be done. So if you haven't caught up on that, definitely do that. Incredibly. Yes. Thank well, thank you, you so much for being thank here. You, we Spiro. loved chatting thank with you, Maggie. You. This was wonderful. Uh, Remember, everyone, just like be kind to each other. Thank you. Amen. If someone makes a mistake, don't cancel them. Thank you. That's just right. like help them grow. Absolutely. I think that's something we can all do a lot more of we in could, 2020. Yeah. We that's, couldn't say that's it better that's ourselves. That's my soapbox PSA. I what a great it. way to it's end. It's better than ending it on a on a high school <laughs> friend's current porn or site. with a black so. vibrator <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you so much we'll catch you next time at the cool kids table hey maggie did you know that radio free brooklyn's drive to five fundraising campaign is underway in may rfb turns five years old and we need to raise twenty five thousand dollars so we can continue bringing you commercial free independent radio for another five years 
because we think raising money should be fun. Each month, we'll be bringing listeners fun challenges with some great prizes. The first is a trivia quiz to find out just how well you know RFB. Uh, the top five scorers are going to win a limited edition five-year anniversary RFBT. You can also dial 718-613-8201. That's 718-673-8201 to leave us a message letting us know why you love RFB or just wish us a happy birthday. Your message may be played on the air, so get on it. The Cool Kids Table is executive produced by Spiro Marcos and Maggie Stiggers with music by Brie Kate and Zach Silva. Hey, if you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe, download, and share this podcast with a friend. Stay cool and definitely stay kind.